On January 15, 2009, U.S. Airways departed from New York's LaGuardia Airport heading to Charlotte, North Carolina. Captain Chelsea Sullenberger, nicknamed Sully, and his co-pilot Jeffrey Skiles were at the helm. Pre-flight and takeoff remained in check. Ascending to 3,000 feet, approximately 4.5 miles from the airport, the aircraft hit a flock of Canadian geese. Both engines shut down almost immediately. The aircraft climbed for another 19 seconds before gliding into a descent. Captain Sully took control of the aircraft. Co-pilot Skiles had initiated the takeoff as Skiles attempted to restart the engines. Within 22 seconds of the strike, Captain Sully made the following mayday call. This is Cactus 1539. Hit birds. We've lost thrust on both engines. We're turning back towards LaGuardia. Returning to LaGuardia, however, was not possible. The captain and his co-pilot then requested to land at New Jersey's Teterboro Airport. Plan B dissolved as they quickly realized the aircraft would never make it that far. Captain Sully guided the plane as it flew over the George Washington Bridge at 900 feet before gliding onto New York Hudson's River along West 50th Street in Weehawken, New Jersey. The time was 3.31 p.m. Flight time had hovered at five minutes. Passengers were evacuated onto the wings and exit slides as water entered the fuselage, which had been damaged from the landing. A door was also opened at the cabin's rear. Several boats located to the now-floating plane, two New York waterway ferries, and the Coast Guard responded immediately to rescue rescue the passengers standing on the wings. Every passenger, Captain Sully, co-pilot Skiles, and the crew were safely rescued within 24 minutes of landing in the Hudson. Jacksonville's Casey Jones sat in seat 7A, a window seat. Later, while settling into a hotel wearing borrowed oversized clothing, Jones looked at himself in the mirror, now a different man. I had fallen in the water, so my hair was going every which way, he said. I had a cut on top of my head from the impact, and the image I saw looking back at me was one of a home person. It wasn't a negative image. It was a realization that gave me compassion and caring for the homeless and less fortunate. Jones described the aha moment as elevating his need to do for others. As he searched for ways to give back when home, he heard a news story on WOKV 104.5 FM on the Salvation Army requesting monies to purchase Thanksgiving turkeys to those in need. Jones sent an email to five friends and within 24 hours he raised enough money to purchase over 140 turkeys. The following the following year, Jones doubled his friends list as well as the amount. The next, he included 15 friends and added social media and news coverage, which tallied enough money to purchase 244 turkeys. Jones and his organic Salvation Army's Miracle on the Hudson Turkey Drive was born. This year, his 12th to date, Jones added a GoFundMe page to skyrocket the amount to almost $10,000, providing 800 local families in need with a Thanksgiving meal turkey. The grassroots campaign is now so successful people contact him. The event has taken a life of its own, he said, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. When asked about the success of the campaign, Jones remains forever humbled. <laughs> that caught me off guard. <laughs> um, I, I always want to do more. It feels good, but all I do is organize it. You know what? It's the people who step up and give. Um, I've been a manager for 40 years in business. I, I can manage things. It's the people who step up and give. There's names on my GoFundMe. I don't know these people, and, and yet they have the faith and the confidence and the trust, and they donate money, and we go buy turkeys. And it, it feels really good. It does. In reflecting back to the day that fueled his desire to do more, Jones said he never bought into thinking that this was the end of his life. I never gave in to the fact that this was going to be it. Did I know it was possible? Yeah. You know, 
jet airliners crashing in the most populated city in America, usually not a good outcome. But I never said this is the end for me. I um, I was planning how I would get out. Uh, if the fuselage broke where the wing meets, which it does quite often on impact, I, that was three rows behind me. I was going to go out there. I'm not a good swimmer. You know, I was making all these contingency plans. I was saying prayers. I had 90 seconds from brace for impact until impact. And man, a lot goes through your mind in 90 seconds. Jones said that not a single passenger broke out into hysterics. As a putrid odor waffled through the cabin, the engines now out sounded like sneakers turning in a dryer. The plane stops. I hit my head on the tray table. That's what put the cut on the top of my head. And the plane kind of bobs and comes up, and we're there. And there's that momentary or immediate realization that I just survived a plane crash. Now I got to get out. We're in the middle of the Hudson River. Literally, the skin of the plane has been torn off the bottom, and there's water coming up through the floorboards immediately. I stood up. I grabbed my seat cushion because I knew that was a flotation device. I got to the end of row seven, and and I I got in line. It was like a a school fire drill where everybody's going, stand quiet, get in line, get out. I get in line, and I saw other people did not have seat cushions, and I yelled, seat cushion, seat cushion. And some folks grabbed some that were still sitting there. And I turned right, went down three rows to row 10, looked at the exit door. And if you've ever seen those and thought, how does anybody ever get out of them? It looked as big as a garage door to me that day. It just looked huge. And I walked through row 10, ducked my head, stepped out onto the wing of the plane in 36-degree water, 20-degree air with an 11-degree wind chill. And I spent 17 minutes on the wing of the plane and ended up being the last person rescued off that left wing. Jones was undaunted about being the last one rescued. It was pulling up, and it looked like it was coming to me and kind of moved over a little bit at the last second. Uh, the second last guy, his name was Jerry McNamara. Jerry climbed up the ladder, and uh, he was rescued. And then it reset and came and got me. And the wing was frozen over, and as I stepped off the wing, I fell in the water, and my life jacket came off over my head. The uh, a previous ferry had thrown me an inflatable life jacket, and uh, it came off over my head, and I went under, and I came up, and I grabbed that ladder, and I climbed up, and it was a uh, little bit icy, and I got about halfway up, and I said, I can't go anymore. And uh, I thought I was going to fall back in. At that point, Jerry McNamara reached over and grabbed me by the belt, and then I had the confidence to keep going and climbed up the ladder and over the railing. And at that point, that was the first time I knew that uh, I was going to be safe. Oddly enough, Joan said when he fell into the water, he wasn't even cold. I was in 20-degree air for an ele- with an 11-degree wind chill for 17 minutes. I was cold. I didn't shiver. I didn't admit it. I didn't let myself. Between the shock and the adrenaline and positive thinking, I did not allow myself to realize how cold I was. Relatively speaking, the water was warmer than I was, than than the air and everything else at that point. So when I went in, it it was surprising, but it was not shockingly cold. I came up. If I swam a stroke, it's a lot. That ladder was right there. I grabbed the ladder. I started climbing up, and I got rescued. Once safe, however, Jones said he shivered for the next five hours. Relieved, he thought about his family once again. There's multiple things going through your head. And I was very, very tactical um, the entire time. And then, um, you know, the emotions kind of hit when, when you talk to family. For Jones, every day remains a blessing. Now, every day I wake up, I know it's going to be a great day. I know there's going to be hardships. There's going to be challenges. Uh, there's going to be emotions. There's going to be stress. There's going to be all those same things. But you know what? I'm here to make the best of it and enjoy it, and and I'm going to do that each and every day. There's that constant reminder there of of surviving that event, and and me and 154 fellow passengers and crew that were in it, 
And the ability to recall that and, and know how fortunate I am is just absolutely huge, really huge and, and really fortunate. Jones says that he never tires of sharing his tale, one that he admits will forever be nothing short of a miracle. You know, the, Sully will tell you everyone's just doing their job. His training kicked in. They did what they were supposed to do. Al Roker on the Today Show the next day said 10 million to one shots all had to come in at the same time. That morning in New York, I was working down in the financial district overlooking uh, the Hudson uh, over to New Jersey. And it was, you couldn't see New Jersey, you couldn't see across the Hudson. It was snowing and blowing so hard. It was a nasty winter day. We didn't know if we were going to get out on time on the flight. The weather cleared up. We got there, we got out on time. But if it was snowing, the next day when we, we flew out of Teterboro, the next morning, and uh, on the way there, went past the Hudson, and there was a layer of ice on the Hudson. What if that ice was there when we hit? What, uh, what would that have done to the plane? What about, you know, people who ended up in the water, which were, including myself, fairly good number of other folks? There were so many things like that. What if it was a flight full of families or elderly people, you know, families going to Disney or um, older people coming into Florida for um, winter vacation? Then what happens? You just think of all the variables that had to happen just right. And I don't know of any other way to, to describe it. What if that wingtip dips one more degree and we cartwheel? And when we cartwheel, the plane breaks. Um, there, there's so many things. And when you hear individual stories, and, you know, Shay Childress fell in twice, the NYPD diver who helped rescue her, the helicopter that hovered off the back of the plane and almost blew us off the wing, but it didn't. It, but it was that close. It just, Item after item after item that, yeah, that the only way I can explain the fact that all of us survived a plane crash in the most populated city in, Amer in America is, it was a miracle. Lucia Vitti, 104.5 WOKV.